better to look good than to feel good. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's better. Say that again, David. It's better to look good than to feel good. Yes. Is that some sort of pop culture reference? Yeah, it is. It's, it's um, what's his From name? Saturday Night Live. Uh, well, there, and, there was uh, I can't uh, remember the, who's the, who's the who was the um, the main guy behind. Uh, oh, um, um, when Harry met Sally, who was the actor? Uh, uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Saturday Night Live. He did. Uh, he did a Fernando Lamas. Fernando Lamas. Uh, okay. And that's, ca- that was one of the catchphrases. All right. Yes. Yeah. It's either coming back to me or I'm making it up in my head, but I get it now. Yeah. Okay. Well, if if you're making it up in your head, there's a widespread disease spanning uh, uh, <laughs> most of the United States. Uh, because oh, all, th- okay. all, th- all three of us are thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Which, uh, you know, at least. We're talking about that specific disease spanning yeah. most of the United States. I see. All right. Um, uh, I don't know whether we've started or not yet. I think maybe we have started. And so I'm just going to, by, ex- by, 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 by uh, uh, I don't know, excellent point of exclamation, explanation. Did, 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 you, did you push the bu- 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 button? I, I, yes, it seems to be doing its thing. The numbers are going up. Um, did. Yeah. Yes. So it'll get we, to 222 and quit. We, uh, anyone who's actually listening to this, I, I just to, <laughs> both I wanna, of you, I want to explain, I want to explain that we were struggling this morning with some of the technology involved, which is not an unusual thing. Um, but this morning it got so bad that we were literally within like heartbeats within seconds of deciding to scrub this recording when suddenly somewhat magically um, everything started to work. And so we were, we were literally looking at the calendar. We had literally agreed to a backup time and we were about to say, okay, and click done. And suddenly boom, everything fell into place and it's good. So now yeah, the software doesn't like to work on Sunday. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe that's what it is. It heard, it heard the threat of Sunday afternoon and yeah. said, no, we're not going to yeah. do that. Well, yeah, um, yeah. My problem is that I, I had just, I don't know. So I'd, sort of gotten myself into this mind so i'm thinking oh great i've got the whole morning to myself now i just i just like all this found time that i, know, I you know, I know. I and now I, oh, okay well, we're gonna do a podcast instead all right well that's good i like talking to these guys so all right it's it's a reasonable trade-off but uh, anyways um uh so. there must be something aviation we can talk about hang on was there hang on it's uh, <clears throat> uh there is um, part of the reason I'm including, if I'm including it, part of the reason I'm including all this chit chat is that we have almost nothing on the list to talk about today. And uh, well, um, what, what? Ask our readers a question, our listeners a question. Yeah, what's that? Sorry, first I have it. Yeah, no, you ask them. Uh, what's your favorite airport to avoid? To avoid. To okay. avoid. Okay. Yeah, now, see what, if what what airport do you loathe going into? But sometimes you just have to because it's there. You need fuel. You got to take a leak. Whatever. Yeah. So, well, let's yeah, and let's get them to give us that in chat. Oh, that's right. We don't do chat. Uh, it's <laughs> well, there's this there's this thing called Twitter. Yeah, well, and I'm sure they will. My, my point here is or, that they don't hear yeah. us at this very instant. I mean, there's many yeah, ways yeah. that they can communicate with us. Yeah. Um, a lot of podcasts actually do a recording session like we do, but live stream it in the moment so that they get, there's one podcast I listen to that calls it real-time feedback. Um, so they'll be watching the chat and people will be, you know, saying, you stupid idiot. That's not what that means, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which See, we'd get why, a fair... would it, why would we want real-time feedback? <laughs> yeah, that could be true. That could be true. Um, Jane, you, Jane, you ugly slut. Yeah, right. Um, I believe I mean, she was an ignorant slut, but I ignorant, suppose one's yes. as bad as the other. Um, 
so and and somewhat perhaps i don't know this is my segue i'm going with it better or worse all right um is uh, is uh, real time feedback uh not liking people going what the heck are you doing um the faa has grounded virgin galactic so uh this is they just can't win right first they got no astronaut wings um and and now they've been grounded um apparently they busted the flight plan or something like that you see this story yeah, yeah. and and <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. <laughs> well, and, I mean, yeah, I, I just, how did they bust it? I mean, did they forget a holding pattern? I mean, I mean, they're going what Mach five and they, they got outside a warning area or something. Yeah. But okay. So anyway, so uh, reading from a story, this is what altitudes were they? What was the airspace? Yeah. Well, let's see. I'd like to know more. Let's start. This is a, uh, a, a, this is a Russ Niles story uh, reporting in AvWeb. He says, and this is a big story. I'm going to try not to read every word of it. Virgin Galactic says nobody was in any danger. Um, uh, including the passengers on board their July 11th flight. But uh, despite an FAA probe into the flight, I'm really paraphrasing here, the agency announced that it was banning further flights until it completes an investigation uh, uh, in which the spacecraft deviated from its planned course. The deviation, which lasted a minute and 41 seconds, reportedly could have put Unity out of reach of a safe glide back to the company's spaceport in New Mexico. Virgin Galactic admits oh, the deviation occurred, but says it was all handled properly by the crew. Well, you know, why didn't they just declare an emergency and then they would have been good to go? No, I'm, I'm being facetious. Yeah, had you like to be the controller, it had to say, uh, Sir Richard, uh, when you get on the ground, call this number. <laughs> call the tower. Yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you all a little quick story here. Yeah. Okay, because some of this really kind of resonates. Uh, okay. Over the weekend, I rode with a friend, um, uh, right seat, in a, in a Cirrus down to, uh, from Sarasota down to Key West and back. Oh, it's okay. really rough to be you, isn't it? I know it's you know life just really sucks. <laughs> but um, apparently there was a moment of of, the, the, of... there was a, it was a Cirrus twenty SR twenty. So give me a little bit of slack. Oh okay? man, what I the know, heck? Why why'd you even bother? Well, because it has air conditioning. So <laughs> okay, yeah. So but something happened. What happened? So um, we're we're discussing the route, and I said, look, plug this intersection in, and there's an intersection that's. Just off the southwestern tip of Florida, just north of the Keys, it's on all the charts. Um, so plug that intersection in, and and I'll show you why. And when we're in we're in route, and we fly that route down, and uh, basically we're always within gliding distance of some sort of land mm-hmm. via via that route. Sure. Um, so on the way back, we filed the same intersection. Uh, to return. Yep. And Miami would not let us go to that intersection. Okay. They said there's some kind of a, an agreement. So by that clearance that we f- were forced to take, um, we were even further out over the water and well beyond gliding distance from land. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, I, boy. For like 20 minutes. Okay. Yep. So I'm reading this, and the FAA is gigging um, – of the Branson flight for being out of uh, out of reach of a safe glide back to the company's spaceport for for a minute forty one seconds. Yeah, I don't think the two are equivalent. I mean, I, no. oh, I I think the two are equivalent. I should say. Oh, okay. 
Well, no, they're, but they're not. I, I hear you, but you know what? All kidding aside, um, the Virgin Galactic thing, this is an experimental flight in an yeah. aircraft that's not nearly proven yet. And, and so they make a very precise plan and, and any deviation from, and I'm sure the plan had some, some, some wiggle room in it. All right. And, and apparently they even devi- deviated from the wiggle room and, and, you know, I mean, I, you know, and, and I don't know whether they're being busted, you know, we we're joking around about this and I don't know if they're being busted exactly, but they're actually, but they're certainly being told that we've got to stop and reevaluate our, our, our procedures here and figure out what was going on there. I, I think it's actually somewhat prudent. Now I'm, now I'm starting to sound boring. Well, but, uh, uh, that's all well and good. Yeah. I guess my point would be, well, why not a little bit consistent, a little bit of consistency if the flight plan, if they deviated from the flight plan, and we're talking about a minute forty-one seconds, uh, which it could not reach a safe landing point, um, yet the FA then tells me I have to fly out over the Gulf of Mexico and I'm out of uh, safe gliding distance for twenty minutes. Yeah, um, but okay. that's FAA policy. Yeah. I, I, I guess I see what you're saying. I, I so just, there, there's I, I still some con- submit, inconsistency here. Maybe. I still submit that 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 your flight in the Cirrus, um, it was much more of a, a well understood thing than the Virgin Galactic thing, and so they wanted to be pretty careful. I don't know. I, uh, you know, but. I don't know. See, what am I saying? Uh, this is outrageous what they did to you and to the and to the Virgin Galactic people. Yes, Sorry. there, there you go. There, Thank you. There we go. There's some badminton player on the ground didn't like seeing the shuttlecock that far off course. <laughs> sure, that's yeah. Okay, right. Um, or a pickleball player. <laughs> pickleball player. Pickleball player. Pickleball Pickle- player. Wait a minute. What's pickleball? I that rings a bell here. Pickleball right. is a downsized tennis game downsize like racquetball well it's not played against a ball a wall but there's a lower net and uh, different rackets and balls and it's supposed to be easier for uh, the non-athletically inclined to play and okay. Well, good, sign good, me up. Yeah. Good good friend of mine sat next to me at an aero club lunch a couple of years ago with two black eyes and a nose that had obviously had a high speed encounter with something. <laughs> yeah. And I was asking who he got in a fight with, and he said, by two left feet. He, he tripped <laughs> over his own feet playing pickleball. And it's like and and face first into the into the court. And it's like, damn, you couldn't have done that closer to the net? And it goes, oh, yeah, that's just what I need. Then I'd have tennis racket marks all over my face. <laughs> all right. Well, pickleball. On that note, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, a very, very special episode, a very unusual episode, I don't know, of uh, of uh, this General and Aviation and Podcast. And we're not finished yet. And we're not even hardly started, um, although we have nothing else to talk about, so maybe we're, we are done. We're trying to work ourselves out of a pickle. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is Jack Hodgson. I'm coming to you from uh, high atop the Cochico River Valley in uh, here in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where I'm talking to 
my uh, two good friends here in our virtual hangar that's like some combination. I think we're, we're, we're giddy from the fact that we almost canceled and then we didn't. Um, and so we're talking, I don't know. And we're going to be trying. This is going to be much more kind of hangar flying than ever before. Cause we're Who are you <laughs> calling giddy? Yeah, I am giddy. I don't know about you guys, but I am giddy. I've seen Higdon giddy from time to time. Jeb, not so much, I guess. Giddy. Higdon, uh, or Jeb Burnside giddy. There's a something. I don't know. Anyways, how are you guys doing? I'm here with my two good friends. Uh, that's Jeb Burnside, not giddy, uh, in, uh, coming to you from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. How are you doing, Jeb? What's going on? I'm fine. I think my giddy up. Got got out of here. Left. I'm not sure. Oh, there is giddy up. That's not what the giddy I was thinking. Of, I know. But, I'm yeah, just but, trying to. But you're giddy up. And, trying, uh, trying to forge some kind of a segue. Yeah, it was a tough week for you. You got to have lunch in Key West, huh? Actually, no. Um, we got fuel. Turned around and came back. Oh, well, that's didn't even, didn't even leave the FBF. Didn't leave the airport. Seems like a waste. Well, but, it was it was it was kind of training. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't really. What else is going uh, on? A wasteful. How's everything going um, on down there? Has it rained recently? It's, it's, we've gotten an inch every day for the last week or so, it seems like. Yeah. Is that a good um, thing or a bad thing? I don't well, know. Well, the soil's pretty saturated. Yeah. You know, I once again got, got uh, standing water in various places. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the forecast for the weekend is for some, some drier air, uh, some, some sort of a cold front coming through, which is kind of early. Um, in the season for, mm-hmm. for a quote cold front, how cold it'll be is a whole nother uh, issue, but it will be drier apparently. So maybe that'll um, slow things down, but for the next couple of days, anyway, um, we're still getting more rain. The, the, the only real punchline is if we got a major storm, a, a tropical depression or hurricane or something like that, um, it would dump enough water that it would start to flood certain areas. Sure. Because sure. the soil's so saturated. Yeah. Well, we seem to be having a little bit of break here. We went through a period where we seem to have a hurricane every other day. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but knock on wood, it's been good for a little while. Yeah. Last I checked, everything was in the central Atlantic and forecast to stay yeah, there. But, for the time but I haven't checked this morning. So. But, you know, it's this hurricane season's not over, I don't think. Is it? I don't know. When does it end? October, right? November 30. Oh, really? Goes that long? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, buckle yeah. up. Also here, in, <laughs> or or I don't know, or ship the oars or something like that. I don't know. Um, also here in our virtual hangar is uh, from uh, the air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas, the ever giddy or the occasionally giddy Dave Higdon. Good morning, David. How are you doing? <laughs> giddy up and go. Yeah, see, okay. You guys really want to go with giddy up. All right, we'll do that. Giddy up. Yeah. How you doing, David? What's on? What's going on? Uh, you were telling me before while we were struggling with microphone issues. Oh, oh, see, I'm about to, in, I, I was trying to be careful not to now say. You're, now you're forced to say that. Yeah, I see, I was trying to, to I was trying to be careful not to give away who was having microphone issues. Um, how are you doing, David? What's going on? What in the world? I I had some microphone issues. Oh, okay. All right. Well, if you're going to out yourself, that's fine. I just didn't want, um, but while, while Jeb was fighting with his microphone issues, which he was ultimately, he prevailed. That's, and that's to his credit. I um, whipped it into submission. You, you, that's right. Yeah. Um, Dave and I were talking and Dave was telling Tell me about a, a, a spend a, a, a nice few minutes out on your deck this morning drinking coffee. Sounds like it's an, a nice morning in Wichita, Kansas. David, is it? Yeah, it's lovely. Skies clear, blue, no clouds. Uh, temperatures in the low fifties. Uh, light north breeze. It'll change to the south right around lunchtime. Uh, I, I don't think it'll break much into the eighties today. And, Boy, what a wonderful day it would be to go to the airport and get some recurrent. Hmm. There you go. There you go. 
uh, find somebody who has a Cirrus 20 that you can go flying in. And, uh, yeah, we can go to Key West. <laughs> you I'll, see you, I'll see you well, tomorrow. <laughs> what a concept. Let's let's giddy up and go, get over there. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a place up north of here that we used to go. I don't know if it's still open. Uh, it's called Brownie's Barbecue. Yeah. Right on this little airport. Uh, and it's up in John Brown country. So it's, uh, the, the Brownie's Barbecue kind of made a, a couple of us go seriously. John uh, Brown Country. John Brown, who is refresh my memory here. He, he was the guy that uh, tried to start the Civil War early. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. I thought he was more oh, like yeah. West Virginia ish or something like that. But uh, well, he wound up in Virginia, uh, and I oh, think he okay. was hung hung somewhere right near there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so one of the he was. He was a Kansas, you know, Missouri guy, and somewhat violent. And uh, he hoped to start a slave revolution by taking over the uh, U.S. Armory at Harper's Ferry. Right. Okay. Yeah. And All right. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Know, that John Brown. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, but, I, but didn't, I didn't. I <sighs> didn't. But airplanes, airplanes, airplanes. So where, where is so, that? Now this is an interesting question. So uh, uh, Jeb had the opera, and, and not so much this time. But I know Jeb from time to time. One of his fun, nice destinations is Key West. In fact, he's taken me there at least once, um, and it is a very nice just destination. David, when you have an opportunity to just go out, some what's what's the? Is there kind of a go to appealing destination when you want to go for a hundred dollar hamburger from Wichita? Ponca City, Oklahoma, is uh, probably the closest and uh, the uh, the nicest uh, Mexican restaurant on the field. There, uh, really good. And uh, first Saturday of the month, I believe it is, they have a uh, breakfast fly in there, and uh, the local airport support group uh, they roll out their grills and steam tables and. Cook up. They cook their breakfast sausage on charcoal grills. Really? And, Do they? Because we actually tried to go. We actually did go there once a long time ago. Yeah, we tried um, to make a record. Of we it. tried to. We tried to <laughs> do a, an episode there, and that kind of failed. Um, but uh, but we did go, and it was a pleasant morning, other than the failed podcast attempt. Um, yeah, and it, 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 you it, guys it is, were. By the way, you guys. Uh, ten years later, fifteen years later, I will say this: you guys were were extraordinarily cool about that because I just screwed up. It was a major, major mistake, and I was heartbroken. And you guys were very cool about it so thank you for that you actually had me turning the key to start the engine before <laughs> dawn yeah before i know dawn. i understand i completely understand but at least you got pancakes out of it i know you didn't get an episode out of it but at least you got pancakes um and, oh and, they and they do such a, a, a nice job of yeah no it was and, nice and it's and it's mouth-watering just to fly the overhead crossing to enter the downwind mm-hmm because you can smell the breakfast sausage up in the as you fly over the airport, mm-hmm. it uh, makes your mouth water and clogs up your microphone. Yeah. <laughs> now I confess, I confess that I haven't had an opportunity, or, or I haven't done that much of that kind of stuff here in New England since I've been back. But back in the day, um, I was just recently talking with some people about this, and I actually wrote a wrote a small piece for the Around the Field newsletter about um, from the Bay Area. One of the go to destinations was Columbia Airport in Columbia, California. Um, Columbia was a, is is still an airport. 
sort of in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains um, in, in uh, old, um, you know, California 49ers, the, uh, the gold rush days um, is an old mining town and, and it's been restored and it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a state park. I don't think it's a national park, but it's a park and there's a museum and um, a handful of restaurants in this kind of quaint downtown area. So we used to fly to Columbia and you could land at the airport. And then it was about a three quarters of a mile walk or so from the airport into town along a nice little path. And uh, that was a go-to for us there. Um, We also used to fly down to, uh, we used to go to Watsonville, which wasn't a very long flight from from where I was, but they had a great Mexican restaurant for a long time. It's it's apparently long gone. Um, and uh, let's see now, where else did we go? Um, and occasionally we'd go all the way to Santa Barbara. They used to have a really good restaurant on the field at Santa Barbara. And flying between Bay Area and Santa Barbara is a spe- probably, I mean, I know, not unlike the flight to Key West, is a spectacular flight along the California coastline. Jeb, is there any other destination that you like to go to on a regular basis? Yeah, there, there's Florida generally, you get a lot of choices um, because there's a lot of airports and there's a lot of pilots and airplanes. Um, so there's, there's St. Petersburg, um, the hangar, uh, cafe there, Jack, you've been there, Dave, I'm not sure. I think maybe you have too, um, where the, uh, you've got the upper level seating outside looking down on the parking ramp. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. The, say again, which airport this was? That's St. Petersburg quitted. Yes. In, in I Petersburg. do remember that. Yes. Yeah. That is a nice spot. Yeah. Um, and, um, Dave, I think you went, went with me there once also a couple of years ago that, that day we, uh, uh, flew low over the Sun and Fun uh, site before uh, it opened, um, but uh, th- there's that. Uh, but my all-time favorite is Tangier Island in Virginia, in the oh uh, tide, yeah Tidewater area. I've heard about it, but I've never been there. Tell yeah. me about it. What's it's, it like? It, tide, Tangier Island is, as the name implies, an island in the basically in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay, uh, lower portion. Um, there is a community that lived, has lived there for some time. I wouldn't say untouched by technology, but it's very picturesque. Um, there's maybe a car on the island. Everything else is either a golf cart or a bicycle. Mm-hmm. You can easily walk it and see the whole island in an hour or so. But they have excellent restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are fully aware that, and there's a ferry that, that goes in there in the summers too, or some kind of commercial boat, but uh, they're very aware that they make a lot of money from people flying airplanes in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, you know, 10 or so on the ramp uh, on, on, on uh, uh, popular, popular, uh, uh, popular weather days on the weekends, things like that. But you can get, you know, freshest crab cakes you've ever had, uh, homestyle cooking, homestyle serving. It's it's uh, depending on which which restaurant you you uh, patronize. Uh, that's that's my go to fly in eat uh, uh, place, and it's that's... way way too far to fly from from uh, from Florida to get there on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just... well, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Beaumont, Kansas. Yes. Uh, yes. Little, you mentioned it before. What's tell me again? What's Beaumont, Kansas? Well, it's like? it's a little bitty town about fifty uh, odd miles uh, east of Wichita. Was a uh, a, uh, a railroad stop to unload and auction off cattle back uh, in the nineteenth century, and it has a an original jerkwater tower for the uh, locomotives to load up with water and. Uh, 
they had a rail yard there and big auction yard and the hotel, uh, which is still in business now and has a fine restaurant and uh, some, something worth checking out. Uh, the runway intimidates some people, though, because it's, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, about a quarter mile east of the downtown. And, and downtown basically amounts to the water tower and the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you can land on a uh, about a 2,600-foot uh, grass strip. It's kind of sloped downhill. It's 1735, if I remember right. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you can taxi up a city street and park next to the water tower and go in the hotel and check in, stay the weekend, uh, have lunch. They're they have some uh, some breakfasts, organized breakfast, and several uh, uh, Sundays or weekends. Uh, very picturesque little place, uh, and the runway slopes downhill as you're going out one seven, mm-hmm. and uphill if you're going out three five. So uh, I always like landing to the north because then oh, I didn't yeah. have to touch the brakes to just, just turn, stop and turn around. Uh, okay. Landing to the south, uh, you want to touch down as close to the end as the semi-trucks on the highway will let you get away with. Okay, because it's downhill and you – yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then – yeah, and if you come in too low, uh, you could run the risk of losing your wheel pant. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that was notable about the the Columbia um, in California that I mentioned, um, and I, I, for some reason, I want to say they fixed this, but back in the day when I was living out there, one of the gutches was that the uh, the runway was wasn't up or down; it was up and down. It was high in the middle, all right, and low on the ends, and it was sufficiently high in the middle that when you taxied into position in your little one fifty two, you couldn't if if there was an airplane taxiing into position at the far end, you might not be able to see them yeah. over the hump. Yeah. And so it was important as you were taxiing to kind of keep a situational awareness thing going on about what was going on down the other end of the of the airport, uh, because when you taxied in position, there you know, and then you start your start your your takeoff roll there would be a few seconds where you couldn't see and then eventually you'd see the end and you could there was usually enough time for you to make a decision if you had to but uh um, yeah so odd runways yeah i flew out of a runway like that the old airport it's in in suburban uh airport in laurel maryland um i'm it's now condos or something now but uh, uh back in the day uh it was a popular little airport and had that hump in the middle you could not see there was somebody on the other end of the runway yeah yeah so oh that's beaumont you, you can't see one end of the runway from the other yeah uh but that also applies at uh, my old home field uh, uh augusta municipal three mm-hmm. alpha uniform yeah you can't see the other end of the runway from whatever end you're sitting on. Oh, really? So this sounds like this is more more common than I realized. Um, in my experience, Columbia was the only one that had this really notably. But then you guys have way more airports in your logbooks than I do. So, yeah. As opposed to Ponca City, where you can see the whole bloody runway from any place on the runway. <laughs> Flat. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So... Well, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good airports out there. Listeners should tell us what their favorite airports is or, or airports is. Really, did I say that? Tell us what your favorite airports are, um, 
or tell and us why. about and yeah why. Or, or and why of course um or or not only favorite airports but maybe airports that have unusual situations like this that would be that would be interesting um, send us a send us an email at uh, podcast at uncontrolled airspace.com we'd like to hear from you about that um and uh, in general if you like what we're doing with this podcast um we would ask that you please consider supporting us with a financial donation um as little as a few dollars a month can really help us uh to do this podcast uh there are expenses involved uh you can send individual donations to the ucap tip jar via paypal uh thank you to uh, recent tip jar supporters lyndon n and michael s michael f and also david w and many others thank you very much or you can become an automatic monthly supporter via patreon uh thank you to some of our patreon supporters a couple of let's see now two uh since last time two new patreon supporters chris h and jonathan s thank you also thanks to uh, listener Stephen d who was a patreon supporter already but increased his support his monthly support which is very nice we wow we that. got a raise yeah we got a little raise from Stephen d um oh, thanks dude and, and thank you to a handful some of our other uh, uh patreon supporters ben U, uh william h jonathan h jennifer h and colin c and there's a lot of others we thank everybody who supports us either through uh patreon or through the tip jar um you guys are the best thank you very very much for information about providing automatic monthly support you can check us out at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace where you can make a paypal paypal donation to the email address podcast at uncontrolled airspace.com and you can get all this information by clicking in the box in the right hand column of the ucap homepage. that's at uncontrolled airspace.com thank you very much what else here? There's not much more in this. Uh, so, uh, oh, you know what? While I'm on administrative things, just quickly, let me say, um, a couple episodes ago, I asked listeners to uh, uh, provide some advice and suggestions and feedback on the subject of HTTPS, um, secure website protocol stuff. All right. Um, and I heard from a handful of listeners and I really appreciate, um, you folks getting back to me. Um, and, uh, interestingly, the answer unanimously was that I should convert the website over to secure. Um, and so I'm going to be doing that. Um, I still have to learn a little bit more about, uh, how to do that. And many of the, the people who sent in feedback made suggestions and I'm going to follow up with many of you, if not all of you, um, to pick your brains a little bit more. But, uh, um, I really, really appreciate everyone who, uh, who gave it, gave me feedback on that and uh, um, appreciate your help. That's great. We got a uh, email from a uh, listener, Constantine. Um, and let's see now, what's the, let me find that email here. It's right over here. Um, it says, he, hi, Jack. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm sure he meant you guys too, but uh, um, sometimes it's because these things get addressed to the Jack email address. Cause I know they're thinking of you guys too. I'm a new subscriber to uncontrolled airspace. Really enjoyed it on my walk today. He writes, I took interest in the Buttonville police drone accident because I had just heard about it on Sunday at my advanced drone pilot exam. Just to give you some background here. We talked a couple episodes ago about an incident where a police, a law enforcement drone collided with a small aircraft. I believe it was a 172 um, while in the pattern actually, on final to Buttonville, Canada. I, I forget what province is from, but but Buttonville uh, in Canada, and um, 
Um, we talked a little bit about this. Um, so, uh, uh, and Constantine just kind of checked in. I won't read the entire, um, you, you can, there'll be a link in the show notes to this message and you can take a look at it. Um, but he had some perspective on it, A, because he's familiar with that area. He's actually near Buttonville and also because he had just taken the training. Um, so he was familiar with what the Canadian rules were. We talked a little bit about what the Canadian regulations might be versus the U.S. regulations for drone operations. And, uh, and, and just kind of to summarize, I hope I'm summarizing correctly. He basically said, yeah, they violated a whole bunch of rules. Um, and he lists some of them. He, in fact, included a, an attachment, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so like he said, he, he just took the drone exam, the drone pilot exam, and he included a, this checklist slash, I think it's a training guide um, that um, where he highlighted a whole bunch of things um, in the training guide that it seemed like to him um, this, this these drone operators were were. Uh, had run afoul of. And uh, um, uh, full disclosure, I should just tell you that um, uh, the, the, uh, so what happens is when, when, uh, as you, as longtime listeners know, I'm very protective of our listeners and their personal information. Thus my, my uh, funky thing about always doing last name initials. Um, And so whenever anyone submits an email um, that seems to have any sort of personal information in it, I always touch base with them to find out if they're really comfortable having that put on the web. And uh, I, 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 email chatted with Constantine, particularly about this form that he had provided um, to make sure he was okay with it being put on the internet. Um, And as a result of that conversation, he redacted a few things that were in the initial one that he sent to us. Um, So just full disclosure. um, And I quite frankly don't know exactly what he redacted. He told me he was redacting personal information like serial numbers and, 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 uh, you know, uh, names and address contact information, things like that. But, uh, but regardless, um, there's a lot of interesting information in that forum, and he's highlight he highlighted a bunch of things um, in that forum, and you can take a look. Um, so, uh, you know, short version TLDR TLDR the law enforcement drone people were really really out of line apparently, or, or certainly out of spec or out of reg or out of whatever. So, anyways, you guys have any out of uh, control? Op- out of control, uncontrolled. Um, what? Uh, any any observation about this? I know you guys haven't really probably looked at this too much, but uh, yeah, I did glance at it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with Constantine. It doesn't appear that uh, a there's any real exemptions for Canadian law enforcement from complying with these rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it raised a question in my mind whether Canada treats public service aircraft uh, as we do here. Uh, technically, public service aircraft don't have to register with the FAA. They don't have to uh, file flight plans. They don't have to do annuals. If they're dumb, they they can skip <laughs> it. But uh, we exempt public aircraft here in the states. Yet most agencies and organizations in government that fly aircraft adhere to all the FARs they register and so forth. Uh, but it made me wonder whether that might be uh, a, a, a similar situation in Canada, that they don't have to be registered uh, with NAF Canada if uh, they're public aircraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so, don't know the answer to that. Right. No, and nor do I. Maybe Constantine will, will update us on that. I don't I, I don't know if that was covered in his notes or not. But uh yeah, so But the rest of what he's talking about there is you know, it's mostly common sense stuff. I mean you you 
if you're going to be flying in controlled airspace and you know it before takeoff, do the job, do the whole job, not yeah. just the piloting part, yeah. but the, the authorization forms and filing flight plans and flying above 400 feet. Uh, that'd be an issue here too, but we've got a lot of commercial drone pilots in the Wichita area and they seem to stay pretty busy and, and talking to a couple of them, they always talk to the FISDO and they always talk to, uh, the tower at, uh, uh Eisenhower airport, uh, because a, they want to be good neighbors. B, they don't want to see their drone scratched because it ran into something that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Cause all that would come out is with a scratch. Yeah. That could. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I remember, uh, getting uh when i was still lived down in uh on lookout mountain in north georgia and i'd go to the uh tennessee treetoppers uh henson's gap site over in the sequatchie valley and there was a spell there where the uh air force training flights were coming over the far side of the valley and they were doing these nap of the earth radar tracking exercises where basically the uh, flight management system is controlling the aircraft and it's following the nap of the earth. Well, they'd get to our launch area and come right through that gap at about 300 feet above the launch ramp. Now we could get to 300 feet on a good soaring day in about 30 seconds. And our club and a couple of others wrote to the uh, Pentagon, to the air force uh, reminded them that we were there, that we were charted as a soaring site. And, uh, you know, would they mind moving that, that route a couple of miles north or south in the valley? And the response we got kind of stunned us. The Air Force agreed because, uh, and this is a paraphrase, because obviously a collision between one of your aircraft and one of ours would cause the loss of our very expensive aircraft. Not to mention that it would probably kill the hang glider pilot and cause a wreck on the mountaintop. Yeah, but we got plenty of those. So we're yeah, okay. so uh, yeah, it, our, our stuff costs more than yours did. So you know, yeah, that, 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 that was the message we got. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we couldn't fill up one of their airplanes for what one of our hang gliders cost. Uh, yeah. I, I really do try to resist talking about videos because it's hard for our listeners to then imagine what we're talking about. But you mentioned Nap of the Earth flying, and it made me think. I put a link in the uh, chat that you can you can go to, um, I, 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 my ongoing thing with Reddit these days. Um, this is a, a video that shows um, a uh, uh, what appears to be like a C-17, if not a C-17, very much like a C-17, um, flying not simply over, but amongst the buildings of a downtown area. All right. And it's a very dramatic looking video. Um, and you, and, and at first you wonder what the heck is going on here. Um, I don't know if you guys were able to look at this, but it's kind of interesting. Is there a link? Um, there's a link in the, in the uh, uh, Zencaster chat. I see it now. Um, it, it's a pretty interesting video, um, and, uh, and some flying going on here and it almost makes you wonder what the heck, why did, you know, how did, but, uh, um, it turns out if you read the comments, there's another link down lower is it, as is happening so much these days. Um, there's yet another video of this exact same happening. All right. Um, and it turns out that what was going on here is this would be the practice or an actual, um, during 
a uh, an air show kind of thing in Brisbane, Australia. I uh, hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm showing off if I did. Um, and uh, and the initial video that looks like it's pretty dramatic is actually pretty foreshortened in terms of perspective. And it makes it look like this airplane was much more in amongst the buildings. Um, but it turns out that the airplane's actually flying down along a river that goes through the middle of town. And the second video gives you a little bit more perspective on how it's relatively, I mean, it's, it's an air show flight, so it's got some level of danger, but um, it's not like, you know, wing tips passing right by the windows of skyscrapers kind of thing, which is what the first video makes you think of. Um, Have you ever seen an air show act? You are absolutely positively sure the aircraft is going to crash. But, and, uh, but then did not crash. But did not crash. Because sadly, I have seen a couple where they crashed. But yeah. um, um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I, remember what aircraft it was. Yeah. I watched something at the Paris Air Show once. And I was I was convinced this guy was a dead man. Yeah. Uh, what, what happened? What was the circumstance? I, I just, just uh, the airplane was out of control on several occasions. Yeah. And, and really low to the ground. And I was just like. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, he, whoever it was, whatever it was, uh, had obviously done this before. Uh, and this was obviously a major demonstration for the type, um, this kind of thing. Right. I guess that would be the next question, though. Do you do you have a sense of whether or not the, it, the situation got hairy because that was the way it was supposed to play out? Or did something go I th- wrong? I, I think looking, you know, thinking back on it now, I think it was by design. Okay. Um, and that the aircraft, in fact, was not close to being out of control. Yeah. Uh, it just, you're like, whoa, I can't do that. Or, you know, that's, that's not natural mm-hmm. kind of, kind of, uh, uh, response to, yeah. to what I was seeing. Yeah. Um, and just kind of shaking my head that, um, A, the airplane could do that. B, they found somebody who, who was willing to, to prove it. Um, so first, know. first time I saw a lumpback. Yeah. performed in, in an air show. I was sure it was going to come apart in the air Yeah, because the bloody tail was doing things in, in, in the front of the airplane briefly. And then it's tumbling around six different axes and then it levels off and pulls up into a vertical climb. And I'm like, man, well, that is something else. And a friend of mine says, well, that's Polish for headache. And I probably have that wrong. It may have been checked for headache, but, the lump shabak. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I've heard I, that too. Yes. It, yeah, it, but watching it happen uh, from a front row seat at uh, at my first Oshkosh, and like, holy crap! Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know how the guy's headset stayed on. Oh, yeah. he had a chin strap. Oh, right, that takes care of it. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, that's what they're going for, right? I mean, they're, it's supposed to look crazy dangerous and and although it's not not dangerous it's not as dangerous as it's usually not as dangerous as they want you to they want to they it's not as dangerous as they want the layman to think it is let's put it that way well and they you know the only thing it'll hurt you in flying is a sudden stop yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's not the flying that'll that'll hurt you it's the sudden crash (laughs) that's right yeah, Sorry. sure. Okay. Uh, where are we here? Um, Flying is not dangerous. Crashing is dangerous. Crashing is dangerous. Yeah. Sudden stop. 
someplace here there's the list oh here it is right here there was something else i wanted to talk about what was it uh oh you know what this is not on the list but i just wanted to bring this up um because we're where are we here oh we are getting close to our allotted time and how are we doing we got a deadline too no we're good for the deadline yeah we're good uh, um so uh just uh, uh, in the how blase have you guys gotten about doing this podcast department <laughs> okay um we have now had four episodes i think three or four episodes where each time we forgot to mention that it was our 15th birthday we just had can you believe this this is just mind boggling all right that we've been doing this podcast for 15 years so I- should we have had a quincenaria uh, yeah, Quint. Uh, say it again. Uh, see, there's a title if I ever heard one. A quincenaria. Yeah, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. And that's just sort of Pig Latin for 15 years old or something like that. Uh, it's Spanish for <laughs> for a 15 year old's birthday party. Quincenaria. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to remember that. Um, do some research and tell me whether there's a 16 year old's birthday word because that's what we'll need next. But we'll probably forget that one too. Anyways, congratulations, you guys. 15 years. Holy moly. Um, it's uh, uh, what a long, strange trip. Not that we're done, but um, uh, but it's, yeah, no. <laughs> it's you know we've we've oh, talked. Good. Bring up the Grateful Dead, will you? Yeah, we've <laughs> talked about this in the past, and you guys have commented on how long you thought this podcast was going to last when we first did it. Um, and 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 I even I only thought it would last a year. I mean, I, I mean, in my dreams, it was going to last a year or two. Um, and, uh, and, and I think Jeb and I were giving it six weeks. I know that's what you've said many yeah, times. Yeah. And, uh, um, hell, it took me a year to get you guys to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it did. Uh, so and that was just so that you wouldn't talk about it. Right? I'm, I'm probably was, but yeah. you know what? Do you got to do it? You know, I'll take what I can get. Hey, um, hey. so, uh, anyways, con- uh, thank you. Congratulations. It's been great. I've enjoyed it all. Uh, you know, to you. And, and obviously our listeners have been a big part of that. They really have. Uh, they may and, not uh, know it, and they may not want to admit it. Um, yeah, but right. um, you know, if, if, it, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, and I, although we forgot to mention it in the podcast, I did mention it on Twitter at one point, um, and and got some very nice, um, some sort of congratulations from from listeners through Twitter, and that was very nice. Thank you. And what what I did mention there, and what I think you guys also followed up on, was just what you said, which is that uh, uh, we are very grateful not only to the listeners that that have supported us, but to the friends that we've made. And uh, and, and just as you alluded a minute ago, we've made a lot of great friends. It's that if there was anything surprising to me about doing the podcast. It, it isn't that it lasted for a while and it isn't that it it struck a chord and that people found it interesting because I suspected those things would happen, perhaps on a smaller scale, but I suspected those things would happen. What I didn't expect was the number of friends that I would make over the yes. years. Um, yes. Not... Absolutely not the least of which is you two. We'd sort of been friends prior to that, but our, our from my perspective, our friendship has really deepened and, and is of something that's very, very precious to me. Um, but uh, um, but we've made a lot of other friends too. Friends, uh, you know, new friends at Oshkosh, new friends at Sun and Fun, new friends just you know amongst the you know flying community in in the United States and around the world. I guess that's another thing that's kind of amazing is that you know I have friends in Australia, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a Dubai checks in every now and then Europe, you know, people all over the world. I I think we heard from somebody in Antarctica one time. All right. You know, um, and, and that's just nuts too. So, uh, anyways, uh, happy 15th birthday. Anything you guys want to say before we move on here? Uh, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. (laughs) 
I, I think you said it. Um, um, nothing really to add. I, I, yeah, it's, a, it's been a long, strange trip. It has been a long, strange trip. Anyways, all right. Uh, so what was it else I wanted to do? Uh, you know, okay, I was I was looking for things to talk about. Um, this uh, 737 fell back on its tail. Have you seen this picture? Oops. Uh, yeah, oops. I don't know. This is, and I maybe I should read the story. Huh? What a concept. Maybe I should read the story. But um, was this just a misloading thing? You see these things from time to time, every now and then. So uh, the picture- uh, Unloading in this case. Was it unloading? Um, says uh, a picture of a United branded 737 on the ramp um, with uh, basically its tail touching the ground and its nose wheel up in the air. And and I've seen these occasionally over the years where someone makes a mistake of during loading of getting the weight and balance wrong. And these things will tip back if you put all the- you put all the containers or whatever in the back, all you know. So what oh, you, you don't say? have to put all of them, just enough. Just enough. That's what I mean. You you got to be careful. Yeah. You can't just start loading it and put them all in the back and 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 load forward, because um, apparently this will happen. Um, and uh, and it did here. De- Jeb, you seem to have read it. What does it say? What happened here? Um, it was a, a football team, um, college football team. Um, it chartered the seven three uh, for one of its games. And to fly to one of its games, and they'd arrived at the destination airport and was being unloaded by the ground crew. Now this was um, uh, Lewiston, Idaho, and uh, apparently the ground people there don't see a whole lot of seven threes come in that need to be unloaded. Uh, seven three charters that need to come that need to be unloaded. <laughs> okay. So Oops. so they they unloaded from the front of the airplane first. Now. Think about, you know, when you're on a normal uh, uh, airline operation, uh, the minute the airplane pulls up to the gate and shuts down, the ground crew starts unloading. Mm-hmm. This is well before people are all the way off. Yes. Um, so, well, that happened here. Um, except, one, they started unloading from the front of the airplane, the, the bags uh, uh, in the baggage compartment. They started unloading from the front. Um, apparently, during the they were somewhere in the process of deplaning the passengers and there were still a bunch of them at the rear of the aircraft. Yep. That, that plus the bags in the rear baggage areas, um, was enough weight to pit tilt it over center and boom, it's on its tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally, I think United should talk about, um, drag racing. As I say, it's doing a wheelie. It's doing a wheelie. Yeah, okay. You know, we, we should we should be, you know, a little bit more creative about this. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. But but I, I, I think there's probably a couple of uh, uh, openings there at the Lewiston Airport of the ground crew. Well. You never know. If you say maybe that at, maybe at UAL, who knows? I I think UAL is you know because if 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 it's true that this is airports just unfamiliar with this unloading this aircraft, I mean there's certainly some they maybe should have had exercised a little bit more caution. But if they didn't know it was on yeah. United to let or or whoever is operating this aircraft yeah. to to let them know, you know you're going to take an unusual airplane into a airport airport that's not familiar. It's on you to make sure that you know. Ultimately, it's the ca- uh, the captain, right? Ultimately, it's the pilot. I think I think the dispatcher has some a uh, share of the burden here. Um, typically, it's not the front office's job to um, to specify how the airplane's loaded or unloaded. It's, it starts to get into uh, areas where they might not be uh, trained to yeah, make those I guess. decisions. But 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 
you know, you say the front <laughs> office and that, that kind of covers a lot of ground, but basically the front office is responsible for making sure that the proper resources are available. Um, if you're going to take an aircraft into an unfamiliar airport. And so well, uh, there's some aircraft that, uh, travel with a, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, a, a monopod uh-huh. that plugs into the tail skid. Yep. And gets extended until it touches the ground, and that's there specifically to preclude that kind of thing happening to the airplane in question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, even help put one on the back of a Dash, De Havilland Dash Seven. Once when we were uh, picking up a uh, picking up a piece of equipment uh, after leaving Paris, the Paris Air Show, and uh, it's like wow, does this make me part of the crew? And he goes, yeah, it does make you part of the crew. And one of the honors of being part of the crew is you get to buy the first round. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the newest crew member. Yeah, right, exactly. I thought you were yeah. going to say you got astronaut wings or something like that. But uh, okay. Uh, All right, I, well. I, I don't have astronaut wings. I don't even have Red Bull wings. So. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, oops, 737 sidelined yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, i would imagine there's very serious inspections that got to go on now once this thing bangs down on its tail like, yeah, even though, I, I think the airplane's already been flown off yeah uh, i mean i, I, I bet but it's yeah. taken out of service obviously they, clearly they've got to inspect it i because that, that's a pretty hardened area of the aircraft they don't uh, during flight tests of a new aircraft this is one of the routine tests right is they'll drag the tail during takeoff won't they um i've seen pictures of it so anyways they'll but, do they want to make sure that it can touch without the airplane instantly yeah, breaking they'll, in they'll, half. Yeah, they'll, they'll do that, but they'll also do high alpha um, or maybe high delta, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, takeoffs where they almost drag the tail. Right. Right. So anyways, having the uh, having the weight of the aircraft come down on the tail like that is is bad, and you got to check it out, but I wouldn't imagine that it is always instantly. Well, you know, it, so part of it's going to depend on – how quickly it got to the ground. I mean, right. It did it was one of those yeah. where it's kind of going, oops, oops, oops. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, or you know, holy cow, bang. I got to imagine it was slow. All right. Because, you know, these people are removing bags one at a time. All right. You know, and I would imagine that it's, you know, it was very gradual. I would imagine that the nose wheel is getting lighter and lighter and lighter until it kind of reached this tipping point where it, kind of very uh, this is where i'm picturing it i don't know if that's how it happened but uh, you know it's not like they removed a monster container that suddenly put it you know you know way into yeah that, that could have happened if it was a cargo plane right but, this, but this it sounds like they were moving bags plane. here which means that it was a gradual thing and it was probably starting to move while they were still unloading and they didn't even recognize it at first and they said oh we shouldn't have let that guy check his 500-pound weight set back yeah, at the right. gate. No, we, right. we should have gotten the defensive line out of the back seats first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Here's my pop culture reference. One more one more mint. I'm just going to have one more mint. I'm just going to – does this work for you? I'm not familiar with that. Monty, Monty Python. One uh, more mint. Okay. Hang on a second. Like, don't, on. don't. Yeah. I always thought the dead parrot routine was an aviation story. <laughs> yeah there it is it just came right up man one more mint monty python totally reveals what i'm talking about we'll leave it as an exercise to uh to you guys and to the listeners hello. um hello hi you there yeah okay um all right i think that's it we're done <laughs> fork time <laughs> 
you looking at it now or are you just laughing? No, I, 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 I'm not seeing, I haven't Googled it. I don't have a link. So no, I'm okay. not looking at it right now. Oh, okay. Hang on here. I right, see. Uh, I don't know here. Mr. Kriya said, I realize I'm looking, you're looking on Google and I'm looking at DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo um, founded as One More Mint Monty Python. Um, One More Mint. All right. Let me Google it. You're going to make me do this. DuckDuckGo. I use that now. Uh, I love it. I, it's, it makes me much more comfortable. Uh, From the meaning of life? Yes. Mr. Creosote? Mr. Creosote. It's like one of the more, Lord knows Monty Python's not 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 timid about grossing us out. And this is one of them. Um, yeah, Google finds it too. Anyways, all right. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> this yeah. is fun. We should do episodes with no list we should, more we should, often. Yeah, we should do this more often. Yeah, yeah we, we should do this more yeah. often. 15 uh, years is not enough. Right? Not enough, no. Yeah, but I mean doing it without a list. Um, anyways, that's Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Jeb's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications online. You can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter as avsafetymag. And you can also find some of his work at AEA.net and AVWeb.com. On Twitter, he's Burnside J. And Dave Higdon, Dave, uh, uh, the, the ever giddy Dave Higdon, <laughs> <laughs> is an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. You can find his work online at AVBuyer.com and AEA.net and aviation publications near you. Um, on Twitter, he's Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the usual places with the all one-word username Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter Jack Hodgson, YouTube Jack Hodgson, Patreon Jack Hodgson. You can find my eBooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Books section, and you can sign up for the Around the Field email newsletter at AroundTheField.net. Hey, David, was there something you wanted to tell us? Go fly. Keep first off. Keep your tail off the ramp. Uh, then go fly, uh, and fly a lot because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan, so you live longer. Bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And remember, a bad day in the cockpit still beats a good day at work. Amen to that. Yeah. This is episode number one of the unnamed General Aviation Podcast with Jeb Burnside, Dave Higdon, and Jack Hodgson, recorded Tuesday, August 22, 2006. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.aroundthefield.net. I've got, I've, got, I've got a two-word answer for that question, and the two words are air conditioning. What great timing for the guys in the light sport business to have gas prices go yeah, rocketing true. out of sight like this. Well, here we are with the uh, first episode of our General Aviation Podcast, which is actually right now, it's still the no-name podcast. We, uh, it's one of the things we ought to talk about is uh, what we're going to call this thing. But. Uh...